everybody. We are Joe and Rachel Tenney. We're friends of Kevin, and he's kindly given us a chance to share with you what we are doing with our podcast, Control Free Christianity. Sometimes good and beautiful things like the Bible, church, even teachings about God himself are misused. People can use these things of God to control, manipulate, and abuse others. What should bring freedom in life end up bringing bondage? How do we work through things like spiritual abuse, narcissism in the church, and overbearing authority? Join Rachel and I as we podcast most weeks as we share what has brought us and so many other people freedom in Jesus. We would love to have you join us. You can find us by searching for Control Freak Christianity on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast platform, or you can head to controlfreakchristianity.com. See you there. You're listening to the serialized preview of The Many Phases of Lily Andrews, Phase 4, Artificial, written and read by Kevin Morris. To unlock the full ad-free version of this audiobook as it airs, head over and support the project on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash lilyandrews. That's Lily spelled L-I-L-Y. If you haven't yet listened to the original three short stories, Phases 1 through 3, they are available on Audible. The link is in the show notes. To learn more, visit theminiphasesoflilyandrews.com. Thanks for listening. Chapter 10. Good to have another guy around. Lily placed the spoon and fork on the left side of the plate and a knife on the right. Then, changing her mind, the fork was relocated next to the knife. She could never remember how to arrange silverware. Committing to the setup, she repeated the process at every plate around the dining table. So that Wilkes boy gets out of in-school suspension tomorrow, her mother asked from the kitchen. Yeah, he only got two days because he didn't actually hurt Aiden. He just pushed him down, Lily answered. The smell of honey ham drifted through the whole house, making her both conscious of and thankful for every breath. Poor kid. She clearly meant Aiden. The woman's voice was nearly drowned out by the assorted hisses and crackles of the various foods on the stove. Suddenly, the rumble of footsteps shook the ceiling. These booming vibrations were almost rhythmic. Then the pounding picked up like someone was running until the deep thumping morphed into a patter of bare feet on hardwood. Miles' friend Cicely came dashing into the room, acknowledging Lily with a grin and heading straight for the kitchen. Mrs. Andrews, can I have mac and cheese instead of mashed potatoes? She requested in a raised voice. With extra cheese? The girl's volume had nothing to do with overriding the noise. It was just how she was. Lily was constantly amazed that Miles spent so much time with the freckled brunette. She was his opposite in every way. That can be arranged, the woman answered, seeming amused. Truth be told, she had already anticipated this request and had a pot full of the cheesy pasta sitting on the stove. What on earth are you guys doing up there? It sounds like the world is ending. Miles is going to dance with me, Cicely exclaimed in delight. Well, dinner will be ready in a few minutes, so you better hurry if you want to get a song in. Okay, thanks. The little girl zipped out of the room. Want to dance, Lily? She inquired on the way back upstairs. No, thanks. Lily smiled. I've got to help set the table. Okay. And then she was gone. After a brief silence, the pounding of moving feet returned. The dancing she had been referring to was a video game that scored players on how well they followed a set of movements set to music. Lily knew for a fact that Miles abhorred the game, 
However, anytime Cicely asked if he wanted to dance, one would think he lived for it. I'm sorry, Lily. I completely forgot what we were talking about, her mother began again. There was a clicking sound and suddenly the hum and fizz of the stove died away. I was telling you how everyone's going to be at the fort tonight. Even Aiden. It'll be his first time. Having finished at the table, Lily walked into the kitchen and leaned against the entryway. That's right, and he's staying over at Williams tonight. The hinges of the oven groaned as her mother opened it and stooped down to retrieve the ham. Yeah, William asked if he could come over today and tutor him in math. That's very sweet of Aiden to do that, her mother noted, acquiring a sizable knife to cut the meat. He says he owes William for sticking up for him on Monday. Plus, his mother isn't going to be home until late anyway, so she said he could just sleep over. Is she working late at the factory? Lily tried to recall if Aiden had mentioned anything. I'm not sure. She's a busy woman. The knife sliced through the tender ham with such ease that it did not appear to be solid. And Callan is at Emmy's? Yeah, she went there after softball today. I think her mother's letting her spend the night, too. Does that girl have softball every single day? No, Coach Miller's just very random with the schedule. I'm surprised her mother's letting her sleep over on a school night. I think her brothers have a trip or something tomorrow, and she couldn't take her to school, so it worked out. If she was honest with herself, Lily felt sort of left out. Sleepovers in the middle of the week were rare, and both of her friends were having one on the same night without her. She had hoped to at least have Callan and Emmy over for dinner, but it was Miles' turn to have company over. That, along with the fact that her dad was out of town, had required her to stay home until the meal was over. Can your fort hold that many people? Her mother joked. Hopefully, Lily grinned. Just a second. The woman paused the exchange, making her way to the foot of the stairs. Taking in a deep breath, she announced, Dinner's ready. The stomping on the ceiling quieted instantly. I was winning. Cicely's muted voice came from the upper room. As Lily's mom retreated, the two children came barreling down the stairs into the living room, bringing the thunder of their movement into the dining area. Both of their heads were beaded with sweat. All right, grab a dish and line up in the kitchen. Tell me what you want and I'll put it on your plate. They all followed the instructions, with Lily passing through the line first, the worker getting first dibs as her wages. Cicely was next. Mrs. Andrews, where's Mr. Andrews? She asked while the woman scooped her an extra helping of macaroni. He's out of town for work, but he's picking me up on Friday and we're going away for our anniversary. Ooh, Cicely said girlishly. Where are you going? To a resort. It's got a day spa and an indoor ice skating rink. Lily figured her parents would probably stay in the hot tubs every day until they were prunes. That's what she would do anyway. That sounds like so much fun, Cicely commented, taking her full plate and waltzing to the table. How long have you been married? She asked on the way. Friday will be 14 years. That means you've been married pretty much your whole life, right? Lily asked, appealing to her mother's sense of humor. That's right, her mother responded without missing a beat. If anyone asks, I got married when I was 14 and I'm 28. I have been for many years. The mutual joke went completely over Cicely's head. After a brief second of appearing confused, she let it go and stated, My parents have only been married for nine years. That's still a good amount of time, Lily's mother acknowledged, sending Miles away with a full plate of food and beginning to prepare her own. Miles, you sit here by me. Cicely commanded, thrusting an authoritative finger towards the nearest unoccupied chair. The boy happily obeyed. Mrs. Andrews? The energetic girl called out again. Yes? Her mother's amused voice answered from the kitchen once more. 
Are Miles and Lily going to the resort too? No, they're staying with their grandparents this weekend. The cook exited the kitchen and sat in what was usually her husband's seat. You remember Papa and Bamba? Yeah. Cicely batted away the question, pitching another of her own. Why can't they go to the resort? Because when parents have an anniversary, they want to spend time by themselves. I bet your parents don't let you come when they do things for their anniversary, do they? I guess not. Before the chatty kid could get another word out, Lily's mom said quickly and urgently, Let's say grace and eat. It was chilly and dark out that night. Lily had brought her green sweat jacket to combat the cool air and had put fresh batteries in her flashlight to combat the darkness. For the time being, though, she traversed the sidewalk to Williams without the aid of the handheld light. It really was not necessary until they got to the edge of the neighborhood, since there were street lamps that far. The moon was only a sliver, which made the stars seem more brilliant. It was a great evening for stargazing. As usual, she heard her friends' voices before she actually got too close. Strangely, though, instead of standing under the street lamps at the front of her cousin's house, the children had clustered in the shadows. Hey, Lily, Amy greeted her. Hey, guys, she replied. They had all bundled up tonight. Her best friend wore her go-to purple pullover, while Callan and William both wore sweatpants and a light jacket. Wait, where's Aiden? Lily asked, not seeing the boy among them. Then she heard a faint jingling sound. I'm here, came a voice to her right. She jerked to the left instinctively. The group laughed as Aiden's face appeared out of nowhere. I couldn't see you, Lily announced, attempting to justify her behavior. I told you, Callan told the others. He's almost impossible to see with his hood on. That's crazy, William marveled, thoroughly convinced by this demonstration. That was mean, Lily said, moving forward and jabbing Aiden with her elbow. He just smiled softly. The boy, as was his custom, wore all black, from his pants to his hoodie. He appeared to be cloaked by the night itself. Well, come on then, William began, moving down the street. Let's get going. We have to be back in an hour. Having this many people at the fort made for an interesting dynamic. I wish I'd worn a heavier jacket, Emmy complained. The fact that she was lying still on the top level of the fort made this no surprise. William, who was horizontal on the floor next to her, sat up and began pulling his arms out of his coat. Here, you can have my jacket, he offered it to her. No, that's okay, you keep it, Amy declined with a tone that was neither polite nor impolite. I don't need it, really, I don't think it's that cold out here, the boy insisted. No thank you, William, she shut the boy down. Sometimes she was responsive towards William's constant acts of kindness, sometimes she was not. Looking rejected and confused, the boy reluctantly pulled his arms back through his coat sleeves. He did not lie down again, but instead sat back on his arms and stared at the wall. Lily and Aiden watched it all, sitting against the wall of the upper fortress with their chins resting on their knees. I wish I'd brought a snack, Callan's voice came from high up in the tree above the fort. I always seem to come over when Emmy's mom decides to cook. But you cleaned your plate, Emmy half laughed, returning to her normal friendly self. The girl acted like this was the first she had heard of Callan's disposition towards Mrs. Easton's cooking. Yeah, but I was starving. Softball practice does that to you. Your mom's soda noodles don't really do it for me, though. The girl threw down what appeared to be an acorn, which smacked against the wooden floor below as loudly as if it had been a small pebble. Emmy began to giggle. It's soba noodles. Whatever. Callan aimed her next nut at the floorboard next to Emmy. Hey, watch where you're throwing those things. She squealed as the projectile landed square on her stomach. 
Sorry, I can barely see you up here, Callan shouted, sounding only partially repentant. Having seen her in action as the main pitcher for the elementary softball team, none of them doubted that the girl had put that acorn exactly where she intended. Lily watched her cousin, who had seemingly withdrawn into himself, keeping his attention fixed on the wall. So, William, are you a math wizard now? She asked in an attempt to draw him out. I guess we'll see on Friday when I take my test, he replied absently. Lily's question also caught Emmy's attention. So, is Aiden a genius? She addressed the boy whose kindness she had refused. William seemed to return to normal a bit then. He really is. I understand so much more than I did before. What are you guys talking about? Came the voice of the tree dweller. Callan had not been present when William asked Aiden to come over and tutor him. She must have thought he was there simply to hang out. I asked Aiden to come over and help me with my math homework today, William answered her. You know, that's not a bad idea. Let me know how you do on your next test. If Aiden can get your grade up, then he can help anyone, Callan remarked. I wouldn't mind help either, Emmy added. Maybe we can do a group study session, William suggested, but only if Aiden is willing. Huh? The dark-haired boy said groggily. Aiden, did you doze off? Emmy asked in comic disbelief. No. You so did, Lily giggled. We were talking about doing a group study session, William reiterated, if you are willing to help us out with math. Could be fun, Aiden acknowledged. We could do it at my house, Lily offered. Maybe next week? Sounds good, Callan grunted, climbing to a higher branch of the tree. Lily's probably the only one of us who doesn't need your help, Aiden, Emmy told their future tutor. She's smarter than the rest of us. We all started school kind of early, Lily stated, trying to get them to lighten up. And you still managed to get good grades, Emmy continued. My grade in science isn't that good. It's a B, William remarked. Lily finally just shrugged. It was easier just to accept the compliment. She let a moment of silence reset the topic. So, math genius, Callan eventually called to Aiden from her new perch. What are you going to do about Garrett? Callan, Emmy scolded her. What? He's got to do something. That jerk won't leave him alone. There was some truth in the statement, or at least the latter part. Whereas the Wilkes kid had received punishment for his attempted assault on Monday, Aiden and William had been given a good talking to by the principal, but nothing more. After all, neither of them had taken any action against their opponent. But Garrett's words to Aiden as he was escorted off the playground that day still rang in Lily's head. They were key evidence for Callan's case that the bully was not through with their friend. The fort hushed as everyone waited for Aiden to provide some sort of answer. Eventually, the awkwardness of it got to him. I don't know. He actually sounded a bit frustrated. I've been picked on before, but never like this. Let me tell you what you need to do, Callan began again, almost anticipating his uncertainty. The next time you see him, punch him right in the nose. Callan! This time Lily rebuked her. Listen, Callan raised her voice in a refusal to back down. You've got to stand up to him on your own. William can't do it for you. That's the only way. Garrett's a big chicken. He picks on you because he doesn't expect you to do anything about it. If you decked him, he would run home crying to his mama. Callan, don't say that. Garrett's mom died last year. Emmy reprimanded, suddenly burning with righteous anger. She had cancer. This silenced everyone. I didn't know that, William said in surprise. Yeah, he lives with his grandma, Mrs. Regina. The lunch lady? Lily asked. Yeah. But she's so sweet, William stated. How can she be his grandmother? 
Emmy shrugged. Well, I'm sorry, Callan apologized. It's just an expression. I didn't know his mom died, but whatever. That doesn't justify how he acts. He's still a jerk, and I don't think he could take a hit if someone dished it out. Though she knew she had misspoken, the girl remained convinced that her logic was still fundamentally correct. There was another moment of respectful stillness before Emmy decided to take the reins of the conversation. You should only fight if someone attacks you first. Then it's self-defense. Her voice was soft and reverent as she looked directly at Aiden. Maybe you could take karate lessons like me and learn to protect yourself. Aiden lowered his eyes and squeezed his bent legs tighter with his arms. Can't afford it, he admitted sadly. You shouldn't have to fight at all, William protested. He had also been restless since they got on the topic. What would you have done then, William? Callan called down to him. What do you mean? The question seemed to catch him off guard. The other day when you stood up for Aiden, if Garrett had come at you, what would you have done? The boy went quiet for a moment, his face hinting at internal conflict. I don't know, he finally answered, sounding defeated. This response perplexed Lily. Before her cousin had transferred schools, he had been in several scuffles, though they were nothing serious. But that was before he had fallen through the ice and before he had tasted liquid sunlight. New contrasts between how William was now and how he used to be seemed to surface every day. Can we please change the subject? Emmy requested, turning on the flashlight she had brought and moving the beam around the fort. It was obvious that the conversation was affecting her too. However, instead of being frustrated like William, she almost seemed tortured by it. Emmy, the light. Aiden flinched, shielding his eyes with his forearm. It's really bright. Oh, sorry she said, steadying the beam on the wall. Well, I agree with Emmy. Let's talk about something else. William seconded the motion. He seemed to find strength in the common ground with the girl. Fine, Callan groaned, drawing out the word. What do you want to talk about then? By the way William grinned, he appeared to have regained some of his spunk. I had a weird dream last night, he stated. Oh boy, Lily half laughed in anticipation. At this point, she welcomed a little humor. So I was at home sitting on the toilet, her cousin began. Emmy and Lily recoiled at this. After all, it was their duty as girls to act bothered by such things. Luckily, the darkness helped hide the smiles on their faces so they did not have to fight them back. That's so gross, Emmy felt the need to say. It gets better, William assured them. So I'm going number two when suddenly this tornado rips the roof right off my house. Then the wind rips the toilet from the wall, and I go flying into the air. Emmy let out a scream that was too horror-stricken to have been evoked by the boy's story. To unnerve them further, there was a sharp thud as the flashlight fell from her hands. The girl's voice pierced the night as she scrambled to a crawling position and retreated behind William. It's a huge bug! She panicked, pointing towards the nearby wall. Everyone else took a second to realize what had just happened. Lily tensed and searched the suspected area without moving. Seeing nothing, she dared to remove her eyes from it long enough to glance at her cousin. The boy was on cloud nine. What a turn of events for him. Emmy had gone from turning down his gesture of kindness to running to him for shelter. Both of her hands were placed on the back of his shoulders with her head against his back. Kill it, William, she kept muttering. After soaking in the moment, he located his flashlight and shone its beam on the wall directly in front of him. There was something there, and it was big enough to hold Lily's attention. William finally groaned and slowly got to a crouch, as if he were an old man. As Emmy let go of him, he crept forward, a look of recognition on his face. 
It's just a cicada shell, he announced to the group. What's a cicada? Lily inquired, still a little on edge. Some people call them locusts, even though they are two different insects, William detailed. At this, the image of the insect's hollow remains formed in her mind. She had seen enough of the shells to know exactly what they looked like without feeling the need to examine this one. She was not sure if she'd ever actually seen a cicada, but if they were as creepy as the husks they left behind, it would be ideal to keep it that way. The creatures resembled bees, though she heard their wings were massive. They also had claws like tiny crabs. William leaned forward and plucked the vacant shell from the wall. It made a sound like a small twig snapping. What are you going to do with that? Emmy grew nervous. It's just a shell, the boy restated. It can't hurt you. Don't get it near me, she warned. I'm not, William moaned insistently. I just want to look at it. I want to see, came Callan's voice, already sounding much closer. She had begun scaling down the tree. Check it out, Aiden, William said, moving closer to where the boy squatted. That's crazy, Aiden marveled, examining the object under the artificial light. By his tone, he seemed to appreciate the cicada skin as much as William. Lily scanned the shell. She had decided she would not react like her best friend, but remained nervous all the same. Callan's feet hit the ground like a gunshot, and she frantically made her way to join them. Whoa! Her eyes grew big at the sight. That's creepy! It's actually really cool, William countered. He then cautiously turned to Emmy, as if approaching a frightened, dangerous animal. You should come see, Emmy. No tricks, I promise. I don't want to, was her response. Throw it away! After a sigh, William took one last look at the tiny sculpture in his hand. Okay, he complied. He let the shell fall from his hand onto the floor of the fort, into the darkness. All three girls screamed. This included Callan, whose tomboyish approach had apparently been a front. Don't drop it there, Emmy protested shrilly. One of us might step on it. Realizing his mistake, the boy fumbled in the dark, locating the cicada shell and rearing back to throw it over the side of the fort in the direction of the river. When he did, the husk was not heavy enough to make it out and instead collided with a wall, landing back on the floor. There was another united squeal of terror. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I've got it, William shouted above their voices. He stood and retrieved the shell as quickly as he could to silence the noise. Gently, he dropped it over the side of the fort. There, are you happy? The commotion tapered off. It was just a shell. It couldn't hurt you. Aiden said absently a few moments later. William turned to him with adoration in his eyes. It's good to have another guy around. Why, so someone else will laugh when you pass wind? Emmy sassed him. She had clearly relaxed. That would be nice, William exclaimed, reveling in the attention. Hey, I laugh when you rip one, Callan protested. You're usually the one doing the ripping, Lily remarked. That got everyone going, including Aiden. As they quieted down, something croaked next to Lily's right ear, causing her to spin around. It had come from Callan, who was kneeling beside her. At the startling sound, every kid's eyes snapped to her. The girl looked from one friend to another. Sorry, I told you I was hungry. Even she got embarrassed sometimes. Chapter 11. Up Late First period for Lily was history class. It had to be the worst subject to have first thing in the morning. It was hard enough to stay awake that early as it was. Not to mention that their teacher, Mr. Parsons, was more or less monotone. 
Lily had just arrived at the school's entrance and begun the trek down the hallway to the sixth grade wing of the school. It was the furthest section from where the kids were dropped off, which almost seemed unfair. Perhaps the logic was that the older children were more capable of making such a long journey as opposed to the younglings. In fact, some of the youngest still required their parents to come in with them to get to class. Almost every morning, Lily saw some teary-eyed kindergartner clinging to their mother, begging her not to go. As she was about to walk past the cafeteria, which was the halfway point, she heard her name. William was down the corridor, taking long strides towards her. This was odd. For starters, the cousins were in the same class first period. He would have seen her eventually, so why was he heading her off? The second peculiarity did not present itself until the boy was feet from her. He looked tired, and not the typical morning kind. It was more of the up-all-night variety. His eyes were red and slightly puffy, but there was passion behind them. What's, Lily began, but William grabbed her arm and pulled her out of the hallway into the cafeteria. The boy gave the empty room a quick up and down. The workers would probably not arrive for another half hour or so. Before she could make another attempt to ask what was going on, her cousin spoke with an excitement she had heard once before. Aiden has a superpower? Lily's heart caught in her throat. How on earth did William know that? Or did he? From the way he spoke the words, it was hard to tell if they had been meant as a revelation or a question. Then she remembered that Aiden had stayed over at her cousin's house last night. What if the boy had slipped up in front of his host and given himself away? She did not know how to respond. She and Aiden had sworn each other to secrecy. Even if she trusted her cousin, could she confirm a statement in good conscience? Noticing her uncertainty, William made things easier. It's okay, he told me everything. She did not know why, but these words made tears form in her eyes. It was hard enough to watch what she said regarding her own gift, but including Aiden in their friend group had furthered her restraint. Though it did not free her completely, the possibility that William might know lifted a huge weight off her shoulders. Unprepared for the physical reaction, she stared at the floor and blinked a few times before looking back up. Last night? She managed to ask. Yeah, her cousin answered, trying to whisper. We stayed up late talking. This made sense in a lot of ways. It is often at the hours separating night from the morning that friends do the deepest bonding. Some of the most personal and meaningful conversations between her and Emmy had occurred during that time. William continued, possibly feeling obligated by her silence. We were talking about Garrett. I think everyone was bothered by that discussion last night. Lily nodded. Anyway, I was telling him how I used to be a bully too, before I fell through the ice. Lily might as well have been struck by lightning. The expression on her face and the way that her body went rigid at the boy's words were about the same. I didn't tell him about how you saved me. Cut me some slack, William exclaimed, seeming almost insulted by his cousin's premature doubt. The point is, after I told him all this, he confessed. I think he'd really wanted to all night. Confessed? Yep, told me everything. How you both met and how he's been responsible for the power outages. He must have earned his trust, Lily thought aloud. Maybe, William considered. Apparently you also told him about me keeping your secret. Though she could not remember how it had come up, Lily knew he was right. Wow, she mouthed. It seemed the most appropriate thing to say. I knew he was a cool guy, William continued, but I had no idea. It all makes sense now, you suddenly becoming buddies and all. Yeah, Lily said blankly. Then something clicked in her mind, pumping excitement into her voice. You were up all night, weren't you? William scratched the back of his head and laughed. We had to. 
Once he told me about his power, I had to see it. What did he show you? Lily asked. Not much, the boy sighed regretfully. He showed me how he could make the lights flicker. Apparently his power is draining electricity from things. Did he show you how he could use it to heal? Lily asked so quickly that she nearly cut off the end of his last sentence. No, he didn't have any scratches or anything to demonstrate, but he told me about it. So it's true? That made sense. Now that she thought about it, Aiden's ability, as far as they understood it, was almost something entirely he alone could experience. It must be hard to convince others of its existence. Yeah, it is, she confirmed. The day I met him, I caught him healing the scrapes on his knees by taking power from the air conditioners. That's what he said, William confirmed, seeming reassured. So he showed you by draining the lights in your room? Yeah, he didn't want to take much, though, because he'd be up all night. Lily remembered when she had downed an entire thermos of liquid sunlight before bed, causing her to remain wide awake most of the night. I get that. At this, William let out a laugh. He was super talkative for the next two hours. I kept dozing off and he kept waking me back up. Then out of nowhere, he started snoring. Now you know why he's so up and down all the time, Lily laughed. The boy paused a moment. I didn't even think of that. Then he yawned. She could tell he'd been fighting it back for a few minutes now. I bet the lights are going to go out today, Lily smiled. I just hope he does it fifth period. We've got a math quiz. Just study. Hey, when you saw Aiden use his superpower, did you notice any kind of vibrations in the air? William inquired, completely ignoring her advice. This stumped her for a moment as she tried to remember the first day she witnessed her friend's ability. She finally gave up and shook her head. What do you mean, vibrations? It's kind of hard to explain. I felt this force in the air. Have you ever stood in front of one of those speakers that just play bass? I think they're called subwoofers. Lily imagined the sensation of energy moving the very air around her to the point where she could feel it in her bones. Yeah, she answered. It's kind of like that, except without sound. Lily shrugged. I've only seen him do it once. I'll try to pay more attention next time. Hmm, okay, then what about this? You know how Aiden always smells like smoke? This was something she had picked up on several occasions. Yeah? Is that because of his power? I'm not sure. I haven't asked. I don't want to offend him, Lily admitted. I guess it could be because... Before he could finish, the bell rang, informing them of their tardiness. Crud, William cried as they both bolted from the room. Lily's morning schedule did not liven up after the first class of the day. Second period was math, which rivaled history for the dullest subject she had. She saw this as a blessing, at least on most days. Where most students had these problem subjects spread throughout the school day, she got to knock them out first thing and get on with the more exciting classes. However, as Mr. Wright droned on about decimals, Lily found herself despising her morning lineup. It was too early for this. She twirled her pencil between her middle and index fingers. The man was not a bad teacher. He was just cursed with a subject that tested the limits of human focus. How on earth did Aiden do so well with this? He was half asleep the majority of the time as it was. She would think a class like this would finish him off for sure. As if to give form to her thoughts, a shape passed by the tiny window in the classroom door, catching her eye. It was Aiden, and he was walking down the hallway. Adrenaline pumped through her body, waking her up. She would not get a better opportunity than this to talk to the boy alone. Introducing him to the group had unintentionally resulted in very little chances to talk about their abilities. 
They could not very well discuss things of that nature among their other friends, and if they went off on their own, they risked offending someone, or worse, making everyone relentlessly curious as to why they had disappeared. Her hand shot up much faster than she had intended. Did you have a question, Lily? Mr. Wright called on her. Can I go to the bathroom? She asked, trying to hide her nervousness. Whether or not she could seize the moment hinged entirely on her teacher's next words. He appeared to think for a moment, staring hard at her. I'll let you go on one condition, he began. I need you to run an errand for me as well. It seems Jimmy Fortune left his art textbook here last period. He should be in Mrs. Cassandra's class right now, or he's probably missing it. I meant to send someone earlier, but it slipped my mind. Taking the assignment as confirmation, Lily rose and hurried to the front of the class, where Mr. Wright handed her the ancient book. The thing looked as old as the pew bibles at her church. Please don't take all day, her teacher dismissed her. When she entered the hallway, Aiden was nearly to the boys' restroom. Lily took a few large steps away from her current position to prevent her math class from seeing her. Aiden, she projected in a whisper. Though she doubted the boy understood what she had said, he at least heard the hissing sound bouncing off the walls and turned around. Recognizing her, he reversed direction. The boy looked plumb exhausted. With Aiden, it seemed like he was either running at full capacity or about to fall asleep where he stood. But though Lily was used to seeing him tired, this was worse than normal. How late had it been when he finally passed out at Williams the previous night? What's with the book? He asked when they were within speaking distance. Despite his puffy eyes, he managed to put some spunk into his words. I'm running an errand for Mr. Wright, she answered, brushing off his question to get to her own. You're about to make the lights flicker, aren't you? Aiden gave her a shy smile. I was up most of the night, he explained. William told me, she proceeded. So you actually told him everything? Yeah, the boy lowered his voice. It seemed he could not get a read on exactly how Lily felt towards his actions. Why? Lily inquired. Realizing how arbitrary she was being, she expounded, I mean, I'm happy you did, but why? Aiden appeared to gain some confidence from this. I don't know, he began. We were talking and I couldn't help myself. I mean, you said he's kept your secret all this time, and he's been really nice to me. He paused. I think I just needed to tell someone, you know? You told me, she offered. You found out. I just explained what you saw. Though this rang true, for some reason the whole conversation irritated Lily. Perhaps it was because this boy had managed to do in about a month what she had not been able to do in half of her life. William had found out about her gift, and she had bartered her secret with Aiden to gain more information about his own. However, she had still not worked up the nerve to tell someone of her choice on her own volition. Aiden must be experiencing a freedom unlike any she knew. You're right, she exhaled. Plus, now the three of us can hang out more, and there won't be any secrets, Aiden continued excitedly. William says I can come over to his house whenever his parents say, so we'll actually get to talk about our powers more. Though Lily did not literally roll her eyes, she did so in her head. The boy had picked up her cousin's vernacular. Lily sensed someone turn the corner at the nearest end of the hallway. Her pulse quickened. Both students swiveled to see the approaching teacher, who turned out to be Mrs. Carla. Upon spotting the pair, the woman pulled up, examining them with a curious expression. Unless one of you is lost and the other is giving them directions, you should probably both be getting back to class, she advised, her tone friendly but authoritative. I'm running an errand for Mr. Wright, Lily defended herself in an apologetic voice. I'm just going to the bathroom, Aiden said. 
Well, I wouldn't advise doing that out here in front of poor Lily, the teacher jested. Yes, ma'am, he replied, turning bright red. I'll be going then. With that, Aiden turned and awkwardly made his way through the bathroom doors. Mrs. Carla looked entertained by this. Then, after locking eyes with Lily for a moment, the instructor continued her trip down the hallway. See ya, fifth period. See ya, Lily repeated softly. She really did not know what else to say. At this point, there was nothing else left to do but proceed with her own journey to Mrs. Cassandra's classroom. The halls were dead silent while classes were in session. It was always a surreal experience, as this period of time was never intended for students to wander about. As she took the route from the main building through the corridors leading to the art building, she kept expecting the power to go out. After all, Aiden had admitted his intentions to do so once in the bathroom. Why he was putting it off was a mystery. Perhaps he'd decided to lay low for a few minutes to avoid suspicion, since they had run into Mrs. Carla. As if anyone would even believe he was siphoning power from the school. She supposed he could also be giving her time to complete her errand. Who knew? When she reached the door of the art class, she could already hear Mrs. Cassandra through the wall. While reaching for the doorknob, Lily felt a sudden sting of anxiety. She had not thought about her task until now. There were going to be a lot of eyes on her. Pushing down her nervousness, she knocked before slowly opening the door. Upon seeing her, Mrs. Cassandra suspended her lecture. What can we do for you, Mrs. Andrews? She asked. Miss For- I mean, Jimmy left his art book in Mr. Wright's class, she heard herself say, holding out the textbook so it was visible. I told you it would turn up, the teacher said, turning to the unfortunate boy. It's just a shame you didn't remember where you left it before the open book quiz earlier. But on the bright side, you get it hand-delivered to you by a pretty girl. Lily blushed as she took the textbook to the boy, who smiled awkwardly and thanked her. She imagined this moment was more embarrassing for him. And for some reason, his discomfort made her feel better, as twisted as that sounds. Thank you, Lily, Mrs. Cassandra waved, dismissing the errand girl. Lily wasted no time in leaving the classroom. She could hear her heart beating in her head. Glad to be done, she quietly pulled the door shut. As she did, the lights abruptly went out. She could hear Mrs. Cassandra's entire class scream at the blackout. Lily just smirked and made her way back to math. Her conscience dictated her to make a stop by the bathroom on the way back, even though she did not really need to go. She wanted to make sure her excuse to get out of class was not a lie. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Did you know that The Many Faces of Lily Andrews has companion music? There's an eight-song collection called The Apristi EP, written by Kevin Morse, available now on Spotify or wherever you get your music. I tried to write the lyrics in a way that won't spoil the plot, so feel free to listen in any order you like. But my hope is that the songs will mean more after hearing the story. A link to that is available in the show notes. Until next time.